Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's Friday, May 28th. This is Anything Goes Podcast. Let's get it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Another Friday. We all made it through. Well, hopefully we all made it through. I mean, I don't know some of you, so I'm, I mean, I guess if you didn't make it through, you're not really listening. Anyway, uh, hey, just a little update on uh, what we talked about last week with uh, Chicago Mary, May, yeah, Mary, she is Mary, isn't she? Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Well, Lori finds herself in quite a conundrum this week. She has officially been sued by a white journalist and his uh, his media outlet uh, for racism. So, yeah, they they say they say be careful what you wish for, Mayor. Good luck with that. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, well, not a little bit, a lot of bit, because I, I I took it upon myself this week to to just kind of go through and look. Uh, obviously, everyone heard about the mass shooting that took place in San Jose, California this past week. And of course, it's all over the news, right? Well, there's a couple of things that I find interesting. Uh, one, the shooter in that case is white. And so it's front page news. But here's another story that got about 30-ish hours of coverage, and then for some reason it just disappeared. So one of the most outspoken members of BLM in England, female, she was shot in the head this past week. Um, I haven't seen anything that says whether she died or not, but uh, she was shot in the head. So for about a 30-hour period, it was major news. It was all over social media, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. I don't think it dawned on anybody why it disappeared until the London police came out and said they were looking for four black men in connection with her shooting. So funny how the narrative disappeared the second that that was reported. I mean, the second it was found out that it wasn't a police officer and it wasn't a white guy, that news story went away. Another BLM uh, story for this week is the now famous leader of Black Lives Matter here in America, who, you know, the one who bought, you know, two to two and a half million dollars worth of mansions and properties for her family, is stepping down amid questions about her uh what's what's the proper word to use her lack of ability for accounting of the finances of the organization hmm wonder where the money went so i think i told you guys that uh i think last year uh blm said that they brought in 90 million dollars in donations at the end of the year they had $60 million still in the till. They hadn't spent it. Well, so where'd that other $30 million go? Because 
sure haven't seen it being spent in any of the black communities. Now I get it. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, 20 million or so is probably sent to political donations for the democratic party. Um, I'm sure a million or two was probably spent on signs and, and that kind of stuff for the riots. And yes, they're riots. They're not protests. Uh, and the rest of it, I bet is, I bet that the rest of it is probably tied up in real estate. So yeah, you're looking at probably about a good 8 million. That's, uh, not really accounted for. Not that any of it's really accounted for because, you know, the whole BLM thing was, well, we're an organization that doesn't really have a lead. We're all together. Yeah. Well, I don't see everybody in BLM buying, you know, two and a half million dollars worth of property, but that's just me. Anyway, back on the back on the shooting uh, thing. So I went through and I wanted to look at mass shootings in the country um, for the year so far. The number, of course, is there. Uh, it was very readily available. It's there. Right now, the way that they define a mass shooting is four or more people killed or 10 or, or 10 injured i think four killed for sure now that's debatable too because some organizations say three three killed not counting the assailant so you know even though there might have been four killed if there was only three people other than the gunman killed they don't count it as a mass shooting so I use the organization that that uses the the assailant as one of the numbers for the uh, the total. So four. So by by our definition, the definition we're using is four deaths at a minimum. So four deaths, mass shooting. So that's that's what they use. So for this year, it's been 178 that qualify under that definition. 71 of them, 71 of the 178 that I looked at for, well, let me, let me step back a little bit. It, it got to be a lot. So I only use the month of May. So let me just take you really quick through the month of May. Okay. May 26th, San Jose, California, Chicago, Illinois, May 24th, Inkster, Michigan, West Jefferson, Ohio, and Bayshore, New York. May 23rd, Chicago. May 23rd, Patterson, New Jersey. The 23rd, Norfolk, Virginia. The 23rd, Youngstown, Ohio. The 23rd, Park Forest, Illinois. The 22nd had San Angelo, Texas, Columbus, Ohio. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Fort Wayne, Indiana. North Charleston, South Carolina. Fairfield Township, New Jersey. The 21st had Albany, New York and Jersey City, New Jersey. The 20th had Evansville, Indiana. The 18th had Oakland, California, and Hemet, California. The 17th, Portland, Oregon. The 16th had Cincinnati, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia, East Lansing, Michigan, Columbus, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, Stone Mountain, Georgia. The 15th had New York City, the District of Columbia, Chicago. The 14th had Philadelphia. The 13th had D.C. and Augusta, Georgia. The 12th had Buford, Georgia. The 11th had Baltimore, Maryland. The 10th, Montgomery, Alabama. The 9th, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Phoenix, Arizona. The 8th, Citrus Heights, California, and Oakland, uh, California, Detroit, Michigan, and Gwyn Oak, Maryland. 
The seventh had Kinlock, Missouri. The sixth had Patterson, New Jersey. The fifth had Chicago, Illinois. The third had Siganaw, Michigan. Uh, the second had, the second's a big day. The second had Columbus, Ohio, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Chicago, St. Paul, Minnesota. The first had Clewiston, Florida. Uh, I think I'm going to pronounce this right. Hollyoke, Massachusetts. Uh, Ashwan, Benon, Wisconsin. New Rochelle, New York. New Orleans, Louisiana. Atlanta, Georgia. And Wilmington, Delaware. So that was the month of May that qualified under the definition that we talked about for a mass shooting. So for the year, Chicago's had 14, Patterson, New Jersey's had two, Columbus, Ohio's had three, Albany, New York's had two, Oakland, California's had four, Cincinnati, Ohio's had two, Atlanta, Georgia's had seven, New York City's had three, DC's had seven, Philly's had eight, Baltimore's had four, Colorado Springs had two, Phoenix, Arizona's had four, Detroit's has five, and New Orleans has had four. All the rest of them that I listed before, that was their first one. So what's the common denominator in those cities that I just read off? All of them but one are run by Democratic mayors, and those mayors have expressed an interest in the defund police movement. Okay? So there's a common theme. So 178 for the year. Those states that I just listed had a total of 71 of them. So Atlanta, I'm sorry, New Jersey, Ohio, New York, California, D.C., Pennsylvania, Maryland, Arizona, Louisiana, Michigan, and Colorado have had 71 of the 178 qualifying shootings for mass shootings, all run by Democratic mayors with the exception of one. Now, there are a couple of the other cities that I mentioned before that had Republican. I think of that total list that I just read you of every day in May, four, yes, four had Republican mayors. The rest were all in Democrat cities. So do you see a theme here? 71 events and only four are in non-democratic cities. And and of those, like I said, of those cities, the mayors of those cities have all chimed in in some form or fashion supporting the defund police narrative. I didn't even mention Portland, Oregon, which, you know, I think we talked a couple of episodes ago where Portland defunded the police uh, significantly. It was in the millions of dollars that they cut out. And not only did their crime rate go up by over 200%, but then quietly, and I mean quietly, they refunded, reallocated the money back to the police, plus two or three million dollars more. Now, they didn't do that publicly because they want to keep their jobs. And, you know, the liberal narrative in Portland, Oregon is, you know, police bad, get rid of police. We want anarchy. I mean, that's the home of Antifa and and all that good stuff. So, of course, you know, if they want to get reelected, they they can't very well, you know, support 
support funding the police. So it was very quietly done. Uh, the same in uh, Baltimore, where, you know, they moved allocations from the police department to other places and then quietly, because their crime rate went up, I think, 130% or something to that effect once they did that. Um, they quietly refunded and reallocated the money back to the police. So cause and effect. I mean, politically, these morons are going to do anything they can to keep their job. But think about this. When these people get sick of you, Democratic leadership, who's supporting this, and there's no police around, who's going to save you? We had a, uh, I think it was a, a, the Atlanta, either the, some, poli some politician from Atlanta, it might have been the mayor this past week, who parked his car somewhere on the road, got out, was going to do whatever he was going to do. And while he was inside, four teenagers stole his car. Who do you think he called? He called the very police department that he wants to defund or that he's supporting the def the defunding of. So be careful what you wish for, folks. Um, you you could be very unhappy with the with the result of your virtue signaling signaling actions to just to keep your job because you may very well not have a job. When they get sick and tired of you, because after, as they've shown, although they predominantly go after, you know, you know, the Republicans and and, you know, ooh bad Trumpers, bad orange man, Trumper people. They've shown that they will turn on your ass, too. And when they do, there isn't going to be anybody there to protect you. So good luck with that, folks. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, folks. Hey, so another big thing that happened this week was uh, the uh, Republicans in the Senate blocked a bill that was coming through for a commission to investigate the events of January 6th. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what that is, that was the quote-unquote insurrection of the Capitol building that happened uh, before the inauguration. Of course, Democrats are screaming and crying, you know, that the Republicans don't want this bipartisan commission. They're afraid of this bipartisan commission that would have investigated and got to the root causes, just like Kamala Harris is getting to the root causes of the influx of illegal immigrants coming into our southern border, even though she hasn't been to the border. But they... You know, they're, they're screaming and crying that the, the Republicans are afraid of this coalition, bipartisan coalition that would have been put together to put it. Now, let's let's listen to the words that they're using. Bipartisan coalition. Right. It's not really bipartisan and it was really never going to be bipartisan. What it is going to be is probably about 20 Democrats and three or four Republicans. What does that mean? Is that bipartisan? No. 
you have both parties on the board, but it's by no stretch of the imagination a fair and equitable bipartisan commission. So, of course, a commission like that, the fine, it's not like the 9-11 commission. The 9-11 commission was a truly bipartisan commission where you had equal representation and everybody really wanted to find the truth behind what happened and the events on that day in September 11th. Well, that's not the case here. Democrats have no interest in finding root causes or, or, you know, anything like that or truth for that matter in this. It's another way, I, you know, it would be just another way to, you know, impeach somebody the next time a Republican, you know, God forbid a Republican speak out about this and then get elected as the next president of the United States. Because, you know, immediately what's going to happen if the if the Democrats are in control of the House, then they're immediately going to move to impeachment because you don't believe that the insurrection was what they say the insurrection was. And I call it an insurrection because there's really not another word uh, that can use that's not familiar, right? So they've created the narrative that this was an insurrection. Of course, ignoring the fact that, you know, the attacks on the courthouses and federal buildings and um, uh, customs and border patrol buildings across the country by, you know, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, those were not insurrections, even though they burned the fucking buildings and, you know, you know, trashed them, trashed a couple of state houses, but those weren't insurrections. Those were just, you know, those were protesters that were peacefully protesting with firebombs. That's what they were. But this was an insurrection, according to them. So, uh, yeah, but any, you know, God forbid the Republican who gets the nomination for uh, running for the White House next time, because if you win, I can guarantee you, if you've spoken out about this uh, and voted against this commission and the Democrats are in charge of the House or running the House, stand by because here we go with impeachment again. I guarantee that's what they're going to use it for. They have no policy. Six point trillion dollars in spending by the end of the year. That's the hope. That's progressivism for you. Defund the police. That's progressive progressivism for you. We already have three point five trillion dollars in mandatory spending. OK. If Biden was to get what he's asking for. It would be almost $10 trillion spent this year, obligated this year, to be spent. That's $10 trillion, folks, to be spent this year, allocated this year, to be spent. It, you know, they always touted Joe as being like, the Joe's the middle-of-the-road Democrat. Joe, that's one of the most progressive agendas in presidential history, if not the most progressive. I mean, we haven't even started talking about the fucking Green New Deal yet. Wait until that kicks rocks up the road here because it's coming. You know, as soon as they figure out that they can't do shit about guns that they want to do when the Supreme Court hopefully knocks them out of the ballpark this later this year. Uh, the defund police movement is certainly losing momentum. So that's almost gone. Uh, the economy, they're not going to talk about the economy because the, the economy is starting to suck ass. You know, we got the 
crisis at the border that you're not hearing shit about anymore. You got them trying to push through an ATF political appointee to run the ATF who says that AR-15s are dangerous and that they should be confiscated. Which I'm guessing he's probably not going to make it through. I did find I did listen to that hearing, and I did find one uh, interesting distinction that I think it's I think it's noteworthy to to talk about a little bit. So liberals have liberals and progressives have coined the phrase assault weapon and linked it directly to the AR-15. So anytime they say a assault weapon, they're specifically talking about the AR-15. Well, that's actually an incorrect term because anything can be an assault weapon. If you assault somebody with something, it's an assault weapon. So a, by their definition, by calling it an assault weapon, um, are we going to have to ban handguns? Are we going to have to ban knives? Are we going to have to hand uh, cars, baseball bats? I mean, those are all could be assault weapons. So then anytime you hear a liberal or progressive use the term assault weapon, correct them to assault rifle, because that's actually the correct term that should be used. Now, this dumbass that's trying to get appointed to run the ATF, he keeps calling it an assault weapon, which is a, again, a liberal progressive created narrative, created term. It's it's not really a thing. And he refused to call it an assault rifle, even when pressed on it. Senator Kennedy, you know, Senator Kennedy, um, as funny as he is, uh, he always seems to be the one who, who uh, who can who can get under these guys' skin with his questioning, and I, I really enjoy watching him uh, kind of banter these people. I mean, it's bad enough they already got the uh, woman uh, that Biden picked to be the the political appointee in the Department of Justice uh, Civil Rights Division. She's going to be a fucking train wreck. I'm telling you right now, there is going to be so many just nothing but race investigations for the rest of his term. So just stand by for that because that's coming, I can promise you. Um, and Joe's lost a couple of times in court now. He's dropped a couple of uh, a couple of the executive orders that he pushed uh, were, of course, challenged in court almost immediately. Um, and. They've been ruled against as unconstitutional, so he's not winning on that front. He's not winning on the economy front. He's not winning on the illegal immigration front. He's not winning on the budget front. So he doesn't have a whole lot of wins here. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here over the next, uh, the course of the next, uh, probably about a half a year. Um, I'd be willing to bet that. Uh, Joe's going to have to move more moderate. And he's going to have to do that because, first of all, the Senate's not going to change. If anything, I think the Republicans will pick up one or two seats, which will really put a damper on any of this progressive shit that he wants to or that he's pushing to. I, and again, I don't even know if Joe really wants to do it. I'm not even sure he understands what he's doing. Um but it's certainly a progressive agenda. So if the Senate was to, and you know, 
And the Senate may stay the same. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say these days. You know, depends on what kind of voting machines they're using, and and uh, you know how how many uh, how many ballots Stacey Abrams can can type up and or write up in the course of course of the election cycle, um, early voting and all. Um, but the House, I think the House is a foregone conclusion. Now it's only a three seat difference right now as it is, um, and I think the Democrats have way more people up for re-election than the Republicans do in the house. So, um, that one, I, the good news about that is, is I think if the, if the Republicans take the house back, Pelosi's gone, uh, she'll retire. She'll go back to her fairy tale land in San Francisco where she can swim down the streets and the homeless feces that's all over the place in her hometown because she hasn't done shit for them the entire time that she's been in Congress. Um, and her and Maxine Waters can drink, you know, shit-filled margaritas uh, for the rest of their lives and live happily and peacefully out of sight of everybody else in the country, which will probably make a lot of people happy. She doesn't have a lot of friends. She has no friends on the Republican side. And her friend... Her friend slash supporter base on the liberal progressive, particularly the progressive side, uh, is not that strong either. Uh, she's a powerful woman. She's a speaker of the house. I'll, you know, you can't you can't argue that right now. But uh, they lose if they lose. This will be the second or third time they've lost the house with her as the speaker. So, you know, she's she doesn't have a strong track record of being able to maintain power as speaker of the house. Hey folks, I got one week. I got one week this time next Friday. I'm going to have a whole bunch of family members here, uh, a whole bunch of friends around. We're going to be gearing up for Saturday morning next week where my fiance and I will be getting married. So I have one more week left to, well, I say I, what I really mean is she has one more week left to decide if she really wants to do this. If she really wants to, to, you know, jump down that, that deep, dark hole that is me and, and be tied to that for the rest of her life. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think we're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great wedding. Um, I wish you all could be there. Uh, for those of you that are listening that are coming, I can't wait to see you. And we'll talk to you again next week. Later. Mm -hmm.